Attention, everyone. This is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn on your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go. Do we want to get right? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rockinest Podcast in all the land, the Rockinest Podcast in the Goliverse. It's Rock Out Loud. This is the show where we pick a topic, pick a band, pick an album, and we review the music that we choose or that we're listening to and just generally try to have a good time with it. But now, if it were just me... It would devolve into parody songs and comedy songs very quickly. And then we would jump back over to like, I don't know, Guns N' Roses or ACDC, slap a little Led Zeppelin in there, maybe the occasional Van Halen. But because that wouldn't be good all the time, we have to have the rockin'est chicken all the land. Ladies and gentlemen, up on the Jersey Shore, it's Kristen in Jersey. What's going on, Kristen? Hello, everybody. Is it too late for love? I think tonight we'll find out. <laughs> now, Kristen, as we welcome everyone in, um, obviously we'll have a little pre-topic chatter as we always do. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think we need to just kind of kind of explain where we're coming from on our topic tonight because I don't really know. The playlist I have set up right now <laughs> with all of our musical picks in it simply says... Uh, depressing role. (laughs) 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 I mean, I liked your email subject that you sent your picks in. Oh yeah. Sad songs of hopelessness or sadness that make one feel blue. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And then (laughs) (laughs) welcome to rock out loud. We're talking about sad songs of hopelessness or sadness that make one feel blue. Um, yeah, well, you know what? We don't mean to, but it happens. And and a lot of people are going to jump immediately to, oh, they're going emo again. Um, no, no, we're not. This is this isn't I don't think this is I mean, maybe, but I don't think so. I think this is more about um this time of year where we're around the Valentine's Day and and a while back when we first started early on, we did like power ballads. Yes, um as an, as an episode. To. Yeah. And um, and then there was a Valentine's Day kind of special kind of deal around that time where what we did was Songs of Love and Hate. And we I think the title was actually When Love and Hate Collide. Naturally. And the idea being that thin line between how much you love love and how much you love being in love and how much you hate people. Uh, who, maybe those who you were actually once in love with. And so that covered all the love stinks and the love hurts and all that good stuff. Hate myself for loving Hate you. My, yes, that was in there. Um, and so this time around, as we were kind of talking about it, I, I guess I want to say this. I, I want to say it this way, that, um, you know, there are, there seems to be this thing that happens when people are no longer single. That when this time of year rolls around, they tend to forget what it's like for 
the single people out there. And it's not that the single people are all bitter and hate love and hate, but it's just like there's one day in the year where it's like, hey, this is a day where you can't have a date because that's weird to do a <laughs> to do a date on Valentine's Day. Also, you probably can't have one because you didn't have one last week, you know, and and it's just like there's this it's this day that throws in the face of single people where you're single. And it's and it's weird that people who aren't single tend to forget about that on that single side of living, you know. Yeah, and, it's hard out here for us single people. Yeah, well, and I'm not single anymore. All right, but my wife will tell you I still feel the same way about Valentine's Day that I did when I was single. <laughs> not a fan. Okay, one of us. One of us. <laughs> but I also haven't forgotten what it's like to be out there. And 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 have to face that particular day alone, and and unfortunately for a lot of people, it brings up a lot of sadness and some you know some unhappiness for them. And so, really, what this episode is is kind of you know, in the words of Elton John, "Turn them on, turn up those sad songs." (laughs) So these are like they're breakup songs. They're there's kind of introspective, like you know, just. Where where in the world have I ended up this way? How have I ended up this way? Kind of songs, um, a little bit of anger, a little bit of yes, anger's in there. It it's not going to be happy, happy, fun time. No, yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster though, because like Steve said, I mean, our picks are really eclectic tonight <laughs> we, and run the gamut. We are all now, over there, the there board. There's some staples. Yes, there, there are some that you know you're like, oh yeah, if I'm tuning in to roll, <laughs> I want my comfort food, I want my mashed potatoes and my biscuits. That's right. That's right. That's in there. Yes. Yeah. But we also went a little bit out of the box. So before we get into all of that, though, um, since we last met together, everyone, our good friend Roth in Wyoming has sent us um, an email to to rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Who is also in the chat. He is there. And he says, Steve, Kristen. I, that's I mean big exclamation points there. I love the episode on Rock Sugar you guys just released. I think Rock Sugar may be the best gift Steve has given the Goliverse. They just rock. Well, listen, it's I did not that gift was given to me, and I just love it so much. I want to share the wealth. So you guys mentioned wanted a network de- <laughs> Uh You guys mentioned <laughs> wanted debt. <laughs> Yeah, let me start that over. You guys mentioned Wanted, Dead or Alive, and that song has to be one of my favorites of all time, pretty much for one reason. It's the University of Wyoming's football team's walkout song. It gets me... Interesting. Yeah, that's a neat one. That's that's an interesting one to walk out to. It gets me hyped every time I hear it. This brings my question. What's your guys' favorite rock pump-up songs? To me, it's Wanted, Dead or Alive and Inner Sandman on a tier of their own. Um, so before I get into the next question, I want to ask this, this is something I thought about the other day. We were talking about, I I sent you a text message. I just, sometimes I'm cooking out on the grill or, (laughs) or my new big flat top griddle that my wife got me for my birthday. Yeah. Smash burgers for everybody. Um, and, and I'll just be thinking while I'm doing that. And for, and sometimes my thoughts turn to gritty. The oh. the mascot of the Philadelphia. He's the goat. He's Hawk, the goat. That's right. Forget Tom Brady. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, gritty. Hello. Yeah, and so Tom Brady could never. And here's the thing: it's like we listen. My, I'm okay with hockey. I'm not anti-hockey. I just don't watch it. I, I have a hard time getting it, you know. But I get fandom, and and I just feel like you guys have some of the. So I I love like, and this is going to get me. This is going to be a bad time here for a moment, but like. I enjoy. I've I've always enjoyed Pittsburgh Steeler football. Okay. Because of just the reputation of just being like you know, down and dirty, hardcore football playing, and they've got some good fans. In fact, I like Cleveland Browns football because of the passion of their fans. Okay. You know that these these teams that though, like the Steelers have had their Super Bowl runs and stuff. They have a pretty good dynasty or whatever. But they still kind of have this, we're an independent kind of feel to them. Same thing, most hockey teams feel that way to me. And so I appreciate the fandom because the fandom is very passionate, especially there in Philly. The fandom's super passionate. And and then the other thing I love about sports is I love a good mascot. You know, my life growing up was, you know, the University of Georgia hairy dog for the Georgia Bulldogs. And when, when Gritty came along... I was like, what lucky people. They've got a full grown Muppet as their as their mascot. Like and I was, we already had a Muppet in the fanatic. That's true. That's true. He was kind of like one of those honking Hoomdorn things. But anyhow, I but I li- when I saw Gritty, I'm like, he looks like something. He stepped right off the stage of the Muppet show. <laughs> and so before any Philadelphia fan was on board with him, I sure was. Yeah, because we weren't at first. That's right. That's right. So he had to threaten to kill the Pittsburgh Penguins to uh, to get us to love him. <laughs> so you know, this is this is the long, long way around. So the other day, I'm just sitting out there cooking, and suddenly I start thinking about gritty because I like thinking about things like that. And and I texted you about you know one way he could really tick off the other team is just to come out without wearing a mask. I think that'd be great. Um, <laughs> and then you sent back this great thing of him wearing a cape. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> I just, I love the trolling nature of that whole video. And so, <laughs> and so I've just, and, but that made me think, I'm like, maybe we should do our favorite arena rock songs, like, you know, sports, not, not jock jams, but you know, jock rock. Songs you hear in arenas. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, then I'm like, well, let's see, we get past uh, Thunderstruck and um, an Inner Sandman, and I guess we do the White Stripes song, the Seven Army song. <laughs> and uh, that's about it. And everyone uses. <laughs> that's right. And uh, that's, there, there you go. That's done. Um, There's definitely more than that. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. <clears throat> but when you talk about rock pump-up songs, I feel like we did something like this one time. I do too. I really like. I truly feel like we've done a show where that was kind of the theme. Right, right. And so I, I, I will have to check it out and see for sure. And also, I realized I just went around my butt to get to my elbow to come to the point of like, yeah, we've done this before. Um, <laughs> I mean, you had to shoehorn gritty in there, and I appreciate that because usually I'm the one shoehorning gritty well, in all the. The reason the reason I did that is the reason I bring that up is because that did make me think we should do, you know, favorite like arena rock songs kind of thing. 
I mean, who's to say we couldn't do part two? There's plenty of songs, especially now. Like, you know what's funny? Me and um, my best friend, Andrea, who I, you know, do everything with, but Mm -hmm, who I mm -hmm. go to all the hockey games with when we could go to hockey games. We were saying over the past few years, it's really interesting how in the Wells Fargo Center, where the Flyers play, the in arena music has completely changed. So now it is bizarre because, like, our music from our childhood is playing in the arena. Like they will play Taking Back Sunday, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, The Starting Line. And not only that, but people in the arena lose their minds to it. That's crazy. Yeah. So like the team isn't playing that for like warm up music, although they did play uh, Mr. Brightside and could have been me in one of their warm up mixes one year. Oh, which was- wow. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, and as we know, Jake Voracek loves Bruce Springsteen and hard rock and metal just in general because he's amazing. Um, but yeah, we could definitely do like a take two. And again, I wouldn't put all the emo songs on there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, I would hope not. I would hope not. Um, Even though they play them in our <laughs> arena. <laughs> I am. Let's see. I'm all, I'm back. I'm, I'm down to underrated, jur- uh, not underrated, underrated songs, underrated music, the journey episode. Um. Oh, while you're looking, can we spoil what I think is like a gold mine of a podcast? That yeah. Not yes, done? that was what I was going to bring up next. Yes. Oh, okay. Go so, for it. Um, so Steve sent me his list of songs last night, everybody, right? Like, oh my God. And when I was looking through them, um, there was a particular song from Smallville on it. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't heard the song in forever. So of course I had to watch the scene that it was in. I got all up in my feels. And I was like, Steve, we need to do like a best Smallville music moment roll. Yes. And I think that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that just like shot up to if, like the top of the priority list. Right. If you don't think I'm going to do that, then you don't know <laughs> Steve Glosson. I want to tell exactly. you straight up. <laughs> and it, you don't understand how our friendship began. And, and, and also, if you don't think the very first song is going to be somebody say, then you're, then you're absolutely wrong. Um, <laughs> In every episode, it was a musical moment. And indeed, hold on, wait a minute. I want to I wanna call foul. At the season finale, season one, Remy Zero is playing Somebody Save Me in the gym at yes, the dance yes, for the teens. Boom. Suck it. Yeah. And, it, and, Pete, and Pete says, Remy Zero! <laughs> so, Oh, Pete. Remember when he was in the show? Yeah, yeah. Remember That's when he wasn't in jail? Remember when, like, you know... Uh, the Half the cast wasn't <laughs> right, in jail? Right, exactly. <laughs> Too soon? I don't know, but I'm just saying. Mm, yeah, that was a... Listen, we watched that uh, HBO documentary series about that situation. Uh, how could you not? Oh, messed up. unbelievable. Man, they were messed up. Anyway, yeah, we did... What we did was anthems. Okay, and this was early on. This was back in 2014. Um, Woo! Yeah, doing time, we had we had um, things such as rock and roll all night, uh, youth gone wild, um, pyromania. Um, let's see, uh, running with the devil. See, I feel 
like those are anthems, but I don't necessarily correlate them with like sports anthems. Right, right. Uh, like that's... Crazy Train, exactly. Enter Sandman. Oh, yeah, Crazy Train. So, yeah, so this I mean, is the closest I thing I could I find. We're just giving a topic. I think so. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Roth in Wyoming. Yeah, so uh, we've done feel good music, of course. Um, yeah, so there we go. That's. I was telling, by the way, somebody that I work with who is probably listening right now, and if she is, hi, Melissa, uh, but I was telling her how we did a podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, I've cried on the podcast, like, multiple times. <laughs> she was like, really? I was like, well, yeah, when David Bowie died, like, I cried. Oh, man. That also, was... when I retold my story of meeting Bruce Springsteen, I also cried. Oh, that was great. That was good. <laughs> but they're good times. Like, we get real on this show, and that's why I'm, that is why I'm so putting off getting to the song list tonight. Um, <laughs> no, because we want to get in our feels. That's true. F- uh, feel good songs. Mbop was in there. I obviously. Sister, Chris, sister, I both unapologetically stand Hanson. Sister Christian. Oh. Um. Twenty first century. Sha la 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 girl. Oh. Um. All these things that I've done. Uh. Love on the rocks with no ice. Um, so yeah, various and sundry, mm-hmm. various and sundry, good times. All right. <clears throat> then Jacob mentions this movie sound of metal. Yes. I still haven't watched it yet. I am awful. Jacob mm-hmm. is where is, where is this? Where does this sound song reside? Where does this movie reside? Prime. Okay. Optimus prime. No, Amazon, Amazon prime. prime. Okay. Sound of metal. We'll have to check it out. He says, if I need more motivation to rock, then the guy that plays Bodie Rook from uh, Rogue One is in there. So we'll check it out, Jacob. Thank you so much for... I watched the trailer. Like, it looks great. Like, and Jacob actually reached out to me on Instagram before, like, he sent this email and, you know, brought up that movie. And I was like, I saw it on Instagram. It's literally been sitting on my watch list forever. Okay. But I've been in like the mood where, you know, sometimes you get in a mood where you're like, I don't want to watch anything new. I just want to rewatch stuff that I already know what happens. And Mm -hmm. it's like, again, like that comfort food. I've been in that mood. So I've been rewatching black sales. Highly recommend if you haven't ever watched it uh, on Hulu. (laughs) Uh, But that's, that's what I've been tackling. Is that a pirate show? It is. So it's a prequel to Treasure Island. It was on Stars. Um, but it has those fictional characters like Captain Flint, John Silver, Billy Bones, but then you also have real life pirates in there too, like Jack Rackham, Charles Vane, and Bonnie. And it is so good. It is everything Game of Thrones wishes it could be and more. And it's only four seasons. And mm-hmm. it's literally they knew how they wanted to wrap it up at the end. Oh. So the entire series is like completely cohesive. There's no plot holes. There's no nothing. It's unbelievable I'm telling you, watch it. That's good. That's good. To see a show i like it when shows get to know what they're doing and they get to finish up the way they want to finish up as well because that's right that's satisfying for the audience and the creators so. and it's cool because like there are twists like i'm not going to spoil anything obviously but there are like major twists that happen in the show that like the actors knew about in the first season that completely like define the character so like they got to play it knowing that that had happened to them in the past that was going to be revealed they got to play all of that up like it's just it's such a great show so that that's my soapbox thank you all for coming to my ted talk watch black sales <laughs> All right. What have we learned so far, ladies and gentlemen? Well, Roth and Wyoming gave us a great topic. We're going to do Smallville music to because that show's only been off the air for 10 years this year. Yes. It's so perfect. Exactly. 
It's perfect. Okay. It's the 10 year high school reunion. <clears throat> That's right. That's right. We are Lois and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And there's pun- Punchbowl Sally. I was going to say a mean word about her, but she was awful on Homecoming. <laughs> Punchbowl Sally. Yeah, remember the girl when they went back in the 200th episode, Homecoming, and she yeah. told Clark, like, oh, you're, or she told Lois, you're the moth, not the flame. Girl, bye. Oh, I don't remember. I remember that's when he ran into. That? I remember they ran into Bug Boy. Oh, my God. Yeah, literally, she's sitting there and she's giving Lois punch, and Lois is already feeling insecure about herself. Clark's gone off, you know, the whole thing. And the girl says to her, she's like, oh, so you're the moth, not the flame, to mm. Lois. Oh. Where it's literally like, oh, girl, if you only knew. And you call her Punchbowl Sally? Yeah, her name was like Punchbowl Sally, Punchbowl Karen. The fandom gave her, like, a name. That's awesome. Because we were all so mad at her. Like, you don't treat our queen like that. I don't remember Punchbowl Sally. <laughs> That's so funny. Of course you know I'm going to send you, like, the video, like the clip of it after the podcast. Well, I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> Punchbowl Sally, Smallville. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's when everything is playing in the background, too. Yeah, well, he runs, I remember he runs into Brainiac, and, like, Brainiac yeah. sends him into the future. Yes. Right. Oh, so 20, so 2019, I believe. So. <laughs> such, a, such a good 200th episode, y'all. It really was. All right. <clears throat> but so so that's what we've learned thus far. And uh, so, as we said, these are going to be some... I, here's what we'll do. What we'll do is we'll go through these honorable mentions, the things that didn't make picks for the show. And that way, everyone can kind of get an idea of where we're headed um, with some of this. So, for example, here's some of mine that did not make the 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 final picks. Um, Time for me to fly or take it on the run by Ario Speedwagon. Mm. Both breakup songs. Both I've been betrayed. You know. So um, good. Yeah. Um, missing. You, I mean, but- they have an album called High Infidelity. Ario Speedwagon. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's just filled with breakup songs. Uh, missing you by John Waite. That is the I ain't missing you at all. But he really is. That's the whole point. Yeah, mm-hmm. missing you. Um, why can't this be love by Van Halen? Mm. You know, uh, well, so, Sammy. This is the one that was hard. But now that we're doing a Smallville episode, it may make it back in there. <laughs> <laughs> Superman by Five for Fighting mm. kills me every yeah, time. See that song. That song is like a you song. You connect with that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> Um, call and answer by bare naked ladies, which is kind of this, it's, it's a very, it's a very hopeless relationship kind of thing. It's, it's, it's an unhealthy relationship kind of song. Um, ache by James Carrington again, Smallville feels, and then, uh, you give love a bad name by Bon Jovi, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, uh, those were honorable mentions for me. Kristen's honorable mentions were, uh, don't speak by no doubt. Don't speak. I mean, mean, it's essentially like everybody talks about Stevie Nicks. Like, oh, yeah, Stevie Nicks. Well, she, Taylor Swift, please. Stevie Nicks writes breakup songs about her ex-boyfriend and makes him play him. Guess what? Who else did that? Gwen Stefani. That's right. Uh, (laughs) On My Own by The Used. I don't know that one. It's beautiful. It's it's an emo song, screaming, so you'd hate it, but it's amazing. Um, And it's 
great because there is a video clip online of them doing it live and it's like from 2006 and it's just a bunch of emo dudes like on the barricade sweating like crying screaming to this song it's so great <laughs> this is and this is what's wrong this is where i keep my mouth shut based on our conversation <laughs> before we got started talking <laughs> Um. Oh, and see, still loving you, rather scorpions. Come on, man. Yeah, such a great song. Probably my favorite of like the big scorpions hits. Mm-hmm. And then all American rejects, uh, straight jacket feeling. So right back oh. to that emo stuff there. Yep. I mean, uh, the whole playlist could have been emo songs, right, Steve. That's right. that's what we that's what we thrived on. Right. We lived on betrayal and anger and uh, revenge and all of this. Revenge. Yes, um, but I did not. I did not do that to you. All right. Well, here's what we here's here are our picks though, uh, for some. And like I say, th- this first one's not going to sound very um, sad, but it really kind of is. Uh, and uh, and and I'll talk about the group and everything afterwards. This is um, "Locked Out of Paradise" by Revolution Saints. <laughs> Revolution Saints is kind of a super group. Um, yes. They, uh, they got together a while back, and uh, they've got three albums out. They got together around 2014, I believe. But it's uh, Jack Blades of Night Ranger um, and, and Dean Castronovo from Journey. Oh, who is, like, so talented. It's disgusting. Yeah, he actually will take some uh, lead vocals on this, you know, which, you know, people, I think, think would it'd be... Jack that would do most of it, but Dean does a lot. Um, Doug Aldrich is on guitars, and uh, he's from White Snake, Dio, mm-hmm. Hurricane, Lion, all kinds of things. So, um, but yeah, so it's it's a really cool little super group, and um, they're still putting stuff out as late as uh, just last year, year before last, and um, and this song really is like like it sound it's got that it's got that great eighties rock song. Uh, you know, 80s rock sound that I love. Yep. Um, the vocals are on point. And, uh, but it's talking about, look, we've been locked out of paradise. 
We've lost our battle to survive. We're victims of love without a fight. Mm. That you know that they're they're whatever whatever they went through, it's over and done, and they have, they are now just laying dead outside of paradise. <laughs> Which is how some of us feel on this upcoming holiday. Well, I mean, like is <laughs> is that not how everyone feels after a breakup? You know, like no, absolutely, it's, it's over. You know, love got me again. You know, love is a cruel. Love stinks. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love hurts, you know. So you know what I'm like so impressed. Like I'm just so impressed by Revolutionary Saints or Revolution Saints because I remember when like the promo images first started coming out mm-hmm. of them, and I was like, "Wait a minute, you have these guys in a band together? Like these are major singers, major guitar players. Like this is going to be epic." And like a lot of times, either when supergroups get together, they'll play against type and do all this like stuff that, you know, yeah, sometimes, like, yeah, sometimes you get damn Yankees. I mean, I dug damn Yankees. Right. Um, but let's be honest. What, I mean, like what's their biggest hit? High enough. Right. You know, and it's great. It sounds wonderful. But like when you consider like the powerhouses that are in that group, you know, I still like them. I, I'm not, I'm not against them. I'm just saying you, explain. My one knock with damn kind of damn Yankees and Revolution Saints. Mm-hmm. Revolution Saints, I don't think, have done more than one tour. If they've even yeah, done, no, they haven't tour. toured. Like, they, yeah, they haven't toured much at all. Yeah, like I would love to see them play live. And mm-hmm. like damn Yankees, like I would love for damn Yankees to reunite. Like, could you imagine if like <laughs> you had like Ted Nugent like. Oh, you can even do it where all their side bands are also playing the show, but you have Damn Yankees, you have Night Ranger, Ted Nugent, like all playing a show, and then Damn Yankees also is playing the show. Like that'd be sick. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, me and Angie saw Night Ranger um however many years ago in Camden, and we were unaware that they were playing high enough, which like Angie and I both love. And when they did, <laughs> they were the first band on. It was like the fourth song they played, and we were like, Well, but vocal cords gone. Gone right. by the first band, the opening band. Great. <laughs> what about what about you? I mean, look, I love High Enough, but that's oh, so that's good. that's to be expected from me. <laughs> I love a power ballad. That, okay, all right, I'll give you that. But I'm a hopeless romantic that is also an emo. <laughs> <laughs> you're just that a, loves death. You're just <laughs> you're just a you're just a walking paradox, aren't you? I am. I'm. <clears throat> Enigma wrapped in a riddle or something. I'm bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, but yeah. So it to me, I was like, well, this will. This is kind of a you know, let's. This will surprise them. We're talking about sad songs. Well, here's one that actually jams a little bit. And you know how much I love to jam. Mm-hmm. So um, I would I would commend Revolution Saints to to everyone if you like good '80s sound and rock. Um, it it's really worth your time to check those guys out. So. Ditto. Now, this is someone I'm not familiar with coming up. Your first pick is by Haley Williams. Yeah, she is the lead singer of Paramore. Okay. And, well, and I, recognize, I recognize that name. Okay, there band. you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, I will say a disclaimer, Steve. Yeah. Um, in the second verse of this song, after the chorus, she says the F word. So just cut it off after the chorus. Yeah, we probably won't get we won't get to the second verse, I'm sure, but you know. Good. I'm just I sometimes if you're feeling a song, you let it breathe. So I just I wanted to let you know. I understand. Well, I was really surprised by this one, by the way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I told you I was trying to switch it up. Well, we'll talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> 
Simmer, simmer, simmer down. Simmer down. <laughs> simmer down now. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, here's the thing. So Haley Williams, like, obviously made her name in being the lead singer of Paramore, who came up, like, in the emo wave mm-hmm. in the early 2000s and was in Paramore forever. And they're not broken up by any means. Um but she got married to, um, I think, the bass player of Newfound Glory. And they were like the emo power couple. Everybody loved them, blah, blah, blah. Well, they were together for a while and they got divorced. And Haley's solo album came out post-divorce. So, like, this song is like that quiet. I mean, like, literally, it. the opening lyric is rage is a quiet thing. Mm. Like, it is about that, like, quiet, seething rage that you can just, like, have within you when somebody, like, hurts you and betrays you. I mean, like, the second second verse where she says the bad word. um, Yeah, like, you just feel it. Like, if you've ever been wronged and betrayed, you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Got it. And also, very powerful considering Haley, like, never curses. (laughs) Like, when I first heard this song, I was like, did she just say that word? What? And again, I I love the line, like, you know, how to draw the line between wrath and mercy. Like, it's just like a lot of conflicting things here, a lot of conflicting feels, which I think also comes with, you know, the breakup. You know, do you miss them? Do you hate them? Do you want to, like, kill them just a little bit? Do you want to forget they ever existed? Like, what do you want to do? So, yeah, I dig this album and I dig this song a lot. Given. Get it. <laughs> well, so good. Here's and what... I also drive in my car and sing the hell out of this song for the record. <laughs> here's what's um here here's what's uh what's funny to me about this is that this song has such an electric sound to it. Uh-huh. Um you know, and, and I don't mean like electric guitars stuff though, that you know, that bass is driving everything. It sounds very synthesized, I guess should be the, the term I'm using. It's got a very poppy kind of sound to it as much as it's got a got everything else going for it but and so i guess that's why i was kind of surprised i'm like this doesn't sound like um her is that but i just listened to like the first few bars once it got going a minute ago <laughs> but then as i get in that lap well, simmer, simmer, simmer well and it's interesting because like paramore's last record that they put out as a band was my favorite paramore record since 
like riot and it's very synthy and very new wave like it sounds very different so you could tell that you know she was into like the electronics and things like that because she is like a major player behind the creative like direction of paramore Mm -hmm. um but i think this album and this solo record like you can hear it just in this song like it allowed her to kind of just let all of that just be in paramore and explore this like total electronic other way and i mean she's known for her vocals and like belting and the power in her voice and you get that a little bit on the record but like listen to this song like you would never know that she is like a belter that is known for like a powerful vocal range yeah yeah well it's a it's a fun little ditty there to be so (laughs) angry so i mean we have we have to start off before we get into because my yeah (laughs) next few it's yeah it's (laughs) Listen, I started like a little bit lighter and I ended a little bit lighter, but yeah. in the middle, I'm sorry, y'all. That's that's kind of where I've tried. Well, I didn't I didn't end light for me, but anyhow, um, <laughs> I did start light. I'm like, well, we'll ease them on in, and then we'll get weird, and then we'll go on. Um, one of my favorite favorite ever songs, um, by Matchbox Twenty, is is this one. <laughs> Yes. When did this album come out? Mad season ninety nine, two thousand ish. I feel like it was two thousand or two thousand one. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I bought. I think I bought this album at a Best Buy in in Augusta, Georgia, on my way back up to Virginia, um, to where I was going to college. I stopped there to stretch my legs, and I needed some new music, and um, and so I I snagged. Um, I snagged this CD because I like the Matchbox 20. So yeah, this would have been 2000. Okay. And, um, as I'm riding along, just kind of listening, I'd already, I already knew, um, Bent, I think was the, was the first single to come off of that. Yep. Um, so I, I knew that, but everything else was going to kind of be new to me. And, and I, I dug it. Like I dug the opening track. Angry is a great track to me it's a it's a great first track it really is a good good album (laughs) 
But when they hit rest stop, I'm just driving along, you know, and rest stop starts up and it gets to that course. And it's just like, I'm like, this is so cold. This is so cold. And and I actually, I was in a place in my life and I don't know why I was such a jerk, but I was taking pleasure in his pain. I'm like, this is oh. so cold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I was not, I wasn't associating with the actual person singing. I'm like, what a great fun story, you know, about someone who gets dropped off three miles from a rest stop. Like, wouldn't even get him on up three miles up the road, you know, to 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 a bathroom and a payphone for crying out loud. Um, and uh, and I was just like, and so everyone, I had to let listen to this song. I'm like, listen to this. This is so cold. Listen to this. This is. I mean, it just kind of blew my mind at just the absolute sheer because like. You've got the one person, you've got the driver who just pulls over quick and's like, I got to get you out of here because I don't care what you're dreaming and I'm ready to be done with this. And yeah, I'm done. And most of all, I don't care. Right. Yeah. And I don't care. So get out because if you don't, then I'm going to feel bad and lose my nerve. And then you've got the dude who actually wakes up to that. You know what I mean? Like he... (laughs) It's like, wait Talk a minute. whiplash. Yeah, like, oh, everything's going great. We're having a nice little drive. Get out. What? Yeah, it's it's cold. It's so cold. And I know we've talked about this before, but man, um, what a what a song and what a what a concept. And I think, like, refresh my memory because I think we did in our Matchbox Twenty episode talk about this song. Oh yeah, and we're uh, both obsessed with it. Yeah, and and isn't this like autobiographical? It is. Like Rob Thomas was hitchhiking and got in a car with some chick, and you know, like they were having fun, good conversation, whatever. And like she, he was sleeping, and she pulled over to the side of the road, said, "Get the hell out." Wow. <laughs> and it created this amazing song. And like I think what you said, Steve, like cold is like the perfect. Yeah word to describe this song this story like you just listen to those lyrics and you're like like you said it's like you couldn't take him like three miles right <laughs> you, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't just drive him in a car that's you know what like five minutes to drive three right miles? yeah like, even just let him out at the exit and keep going you know you don't even have to get off the exit just this yeah it's exactly yeah and it's like, I mean, we've talked about it. This is definitely like comfort food for Rock Out Loud. Like Steve and I unapologetically love that song. Um, this year is the weirdest year ever because it's the first year in seven years that like I haven't gone to the solo storyteller Rob Thomas shows in Atlantic City in oh, wow. January. And like I got, I've gotten and her- I've gotten to hear the song one time, which was like unbelievable. And it was with Matchbox 20. Like it wasn't even a Rob solo show it was a actual matchbox show wow and i and i like lost my mind i was like second row because it was general mission and i like worked my way up there and like they played rest stop and i was like oh my god and not only that they followed it with mad season i died <laughs> i collapsed onto the floor basically <laughs> when when all of this when all this stupid covid stuff is over do you think they'll tour again oh are they still together so. I hope so. Well, here's like the thing that I kind of like about Matchbox 20 is like they're always around Mm -hmm. and they don't overdo their touring. Right. Like they tour probably like once every five years or Mm -hmm. so. And I think that's great because some bands like they tour every single summer and you're like, okay, like do I really need to see them again? Like I'll throw out Def Leppard. Now I love Def Leppard and I'll see them live every time. But like – Def Leppard and Poison have toured together like three times. Right. 
So it's like if Def Leppard and Poison come around and you're like, well, I've seen this exact tour three year pre of the previous years. What's going to be so different about it that's going to make me want to go? Like some bands, it's just like they wear themselves out. Again, not Def Leppard. Obsessed. But <laughs> you get the point. Obsessed. But like some bands, you're just like, oh, my God, like I just saw them last year. Do I really need to go see them again? Right. And Matchbox doesn't do that. So I hope they will. They've been posting a ton of stuff on their Instagram throughout this whole quarantine. Um, so, yeah, that would be good. I would love to see because obviously 2020 was the, was the 20th anniversary of Mad Season, which is my favorite Matchbox record. I would love for them to do a Matchbox or a uh, Mad Season anniversary tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... That I, they're ones, they're a group that I think I'd like to be able to go see. Yeah, um, yeah, you love I, them. yeah. I do enjoy them. I think I, I think I'd enjoy going to see them. Um, I want to bring up something really quickly before we move on to Warrant. Um, okay. Which, by the way, everyone, it's not Cherry Pie that we're about to play by Warrant. Um, no, it's not. Because that's not a sad song. Um, but there, it is if you know how he felt writing that song. There you go. Well, as I was <laughs> as I was perusing my my music library last night, um, it, it did not even make the list of the honorable mentions. But now it's come up in the chat, and I feel like maybe I should bring it up because I I did almost stick it on that long list I sent you. Um, Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three. I mean, oh. this is a standard. 90s radio rock song um but it is it is one of those precursor to emo songs nothing's right you know uh i've become cumbersome to the world and to my girl you know <laughs> too rich or too poor too heavy too light too black or too white all this stuff so that almost made it but Chaz brought that up in the chat with a with a with a quote from the song so i thought i'd give that a shout out and and, and mention it um all right. Uh, speaking of warrant, you know, Kristen, one of the, one of the drums that you like to bang on this show is that warrant is so much more than cherry pie. Yes, <laughs> and they are. He was such a great songwriter. And we have we've I think we featured a song or two of theirs before that's not cherry pie. Yeah, and, I think we did. Sometimes she cries, and it's generally from you because you have the better knowledge on those matters than me. Um, and that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that they're super talented and he's super talented. You know, I'm just not as familiar with it as you are. So this song is, um, I saw red and this is a really, this is a good song. Let's get, yeah, you know, let's get to it. I 
Let me say something to make you angry before we get into how good this song is. Oh, God. This is the rock and roll version of Friends in Low Places. Oh, my God. <laughs> he walks in. <laughs> blaming all my roots. I mean, sure. We'll go with that, Steve. Right, right. Well, let me say this. We'll, how we'll, about this? We'll take Janie Lane's heartbreak and just put it, boil it down to that little Sutton synopsis. <laughs> Well, it's the same, it's kind of a similar story, you know. I mean, I feel like this has happened to, you know, more than one rock star of, like, you know, any time. You know what I'm saying? But, like, here's what I love about this song. Like, I love how different the verses are from the chorus. The verses, when you listen, you're like, oh, this is a love song. Right. Every time we kiss, I feel you breathe your love so deep inside of me. If the moon and stars would fall, they'd be easy to replace. I would lift you up to heaven and you would take their place. You're like, oh my God, this is a love song. Hold up. Oh, and then we get to the chorus. I saw red when I opened up the door. I didn't need to see his face. I saw yours. Mm -hmm. She's cheating on him. Yep. Yep. Oh, like so great and honestly like i know every rose has its thorn gets all the love and everybody loves like they're like oh my god no this is the betrayal cheating song of the 80s i'm sorry every rose wishes it was i saw red i saw red and ladies and gentlemen statement hot take that was gonna say that's what we call a hot take by Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) it's just so incredible and like you feel it and Fun fact, there are rumors about who um, the guy is, because this is, again, a true story. Um, So there's rumors that it was Brett Michaels, which would be the ultimate ironic thing, right? Because he writes their biggest song about being cheated on, and he found somebody, like he found his girl cheating on him with another guy in a band. So that'd be ironic. And then the other rumor is Richie Sambora. Oh, wow. Scandalous. Not Richie. Uh, not Richie, right? He would never. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I love this song. I mean, I will say it until the end of days. Warrant is so underrated. <laughs> Janie Lane is one of the best songwriters to come out of the 80s. It sucks that grunge happened and, like, totally killed so many of these bands. And they never recovered from it. Because I, it's such a shame that like we'll never get to know what, you know, what could have been right. from Jane Lane, and just a tragic rock and roll figure. Uh, I'm just like, listen to Warrant, man. Like if you've only listened to Cherry Pie, explore some of their catalog. Now, John uh, Custer in the chat says the acoustic version of the song is amazing. See, I like this version better. Oh. Because there uh, there are. You can, like, I think on Spotify, like, I've added the acoustic version to my playlist, and I'm like, no, I wanted the other one. Mm. <laughs> but the other one is definitely more raw, because, I mean, it's acoustic, so right. it's obviously going to be a bit more, you know, my heart is bleeding on my sleeve right now. <laughs> Wait a minute. Someone just wrote something in the chat. I'm trying to find out where it comes from. Um... Shaz says, it sucks that grunge happened, question mark. <laughs> so, 
It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> you're not alone in that. Um, I also remembered something else we forgot, but I don't know if we need to break. No, we'll we'll save it for the end. That way we can end on a happy note. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, to me, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this is probably... Uh, probably the strangest pick for the episode here, and it's mine. You think? Yeah, I don't think... Mm, yeah, I don't... Nothing else surprised me by you here, Kristen. Like, oh, My next pick didn't surprise you? I don't think I've ever even talked about him. Uh, uh, Corey Taylor? Yeah. Well, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about him when we get to him. How about that? All right, there we go. Um, I've never talked about Johnny Cash, I don't think, on the show. <laughs> This is true. This is also true. But guess what's about to happen? Johnny Cash. <laughs> Hello. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Hello. He's Johnny Cash. You're my friend And can you see Many times We've been out drinking Many times we shared our thoughts But did you ever, ever notice The kind of thoughts I got Well, you know I have a love A love for everyone I know And you know I have a drive To live I won't let go But can you see its opposition Comes rising up sometimes That it's dreadful and position comes blacking in my mind And that I see a darkness 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 Did you know how much I love you Is a hope that somehow you can save me from this darkness. So Johnny Cash, the old man in black, um, you know, I, he obviously country singer, but to me, um, when you look at his story and his life, he's he's kind of rock and roll, you know, like he lived a rock and roll life mm-hmm. um, early on, and then in the in his later days, these these American 
albums that he released. I think there was like released four or five of them, maybe as much as six. And the big song that everyone knows off of that whole series of albums is Hurt, his cover of the yes. Nine Inch Nails song Hurt. And that's what led me to this because I was thinking, do I do Hurt? Because that's kind of a depressing one and, and everything. But then I realized, I'm like, no, you know what's better is this I See a Darkness song. Because this is someone who has lost, like at this point, Johnny Cash had lost the love of his life to death. Yep. You know, and so this song is written by a guy named Will Oldham, who went by, this is where it gets crazy. This is where I did a little research for us. Um, <laughs> he he went by Bonnie, quote unquote, Prince Billy. Um for most of his for most of his musical career. And he's actually the guy singing background vocals when you hit that chorus. Okay. And uh and so this is just, you know, this is one of those it's from the nineties, you know, early nineties era. So this is kind of that this is this is some of that stuff that was the acoustic y folksy kind of depressing kind of stuff that got popular then. And um and so Cash of course covered this but man, like the, some of the songs he picked to cover and do on these albums are just like, this is a man at the end of his life who is just ready to be done. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. and, but, but at the same time, he's also kind of telling his story. But dude, I'm telling you, when I, the first time I heard the song, I'm like, this song, just for whatever reason, and this is the other thing I wanted to say about some of the stuff we're doing tonight, especially as we kind of keep moving through these, is um, as I was going through, my music to kind of find some songs for this. Like it took me back several years to kind of the headspace and the heart space I was in during those times. And we were having fun, you know, on the shows and everything and, and, and things weren't all bad, but there was always kind of this, just like I, this song I got, you know, like I, like this is one of those songs that I just absolutely got because Oftentimes, when I would look inward, there would just be this darkness there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is there just nothing to fill this in? Is there nothing to light the gap? You know, whatever the case may be. And then, and so, um, you know, that's not a place I'm in anymore. That's not a headspace I'm in anymore. But to go back and kind of face that when I heard this, I'm like, yeah, this one, this is one of those that I would have crunk up, you know, on a lonely Valentine's night. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that so interesting, though? Like looking at songs that like you said like you felt this song and yeah. now like years on you're in a totally different place right you can still appreciate the song but you can also like reflect and being like wow like that song spoke to me on like a way deep level mm-hmm. that now like i can't relate to this song like i could then right unless it's through like i'm you know thinking back to when i was back that to those person. back to those days yeah back to that person and but yeah, this song, like just, you know, when you're just, when he's like, you know, there's one of the verses says, you know, I have a love for everyone I meet, you know, like I'm just a friendly dude, but man, then I see the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I am that guy that everybody likes and I like everybody. I'm friendly to everyone, but then I see the darkness, you know, it's like, oh, God. it lives in me. You know, I'm telling you, and, and listen, I, I, again, I'm not, I would never claim to be a Johnny Cash fan. I thought I was going to try one time. And I mean, you thought about it, right? Yeah, I thought about it, and I said, you know what? I, I just his earlier stuff that you know made him famous, and and a lot of I, just not my just not my speed, not my style. 
but those American albums, those those last those last albums that he did, you know, with his voice struggling like it does and everything else, there is some gold to be mined. And it's one of those things where it's, you know, it is not just hurt. Um there's some really there's some really good stuff, some some deep stuff on some of that and some kind of cool stuff, you know, like um when the man comes around, which I know people who listened to Skynex back in the day in the Terminator show, they'll they'll remember that one from like that season finale of that show. Um the uh he does a cover of I Won't Back Down, you know, um it's a lot of covers. But it's but there's really some, he does personal Jesus the Depeche Mode song, mm-hmm. um, you know so there's some good stuff in there and it's just uh, I'm telling you it's it's I think I think a lot of it's worth your time, um, not necessarily you but I'm saying like for people who want to <laughs> check it out you know the general you the general you yeah the royal you <laughs> <laughs> can I say something yeah. quickly about John well it's Johnny Cash adjacent. So you've brought up Hurt a few times. Right. Um, there is actually a um, series on Netflix that's called Song Exploder. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on its second season. And there's about six episodes per season. They're quick watches. They're like 25, 30 minutes. And they focus on a like one particular song from a band. And in this last season that just came out in, like, January, um, one of the episodes is on When You Were Young by The Killers. Mm. So there's one. But there's also an episode on Nine Inch Nails' Hurt. And they do talk a lot about Johnny Cash's cover. Right. And, like, how Trent – how that made Trent feel. Because this was essentially, like, a song that he wrote in his basement – completely and utterly depressed Mm -hmm. like so the fact that like all of a sudden like heroes of his were taking to this song was like mind-boggling to him so just an aside like i said not directly johnny cash related but um i definitely recommend that show on netflix they're like honestly the a bunch of it isn't necessarily like my music like i know like dua lipa is somebody that like they have an episode on um but I was like totally into it for the killers. And then when I saw Nine Inch Nails, I was like, oh, that'll probably be a great episode. Because honestly, like when I think of Nine Inch Nails, obviously I think of Closer. So I was like, oh, it's probably going to be Closer. And then I was like, oh, no, it's hurt. Like this is like this is really cool. Like I'm into this. So. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. That song. I like I did not know the Nine Inch Nails version until Johnny Cash had his come out, you know, and his version yeah. of it. And I did. <laughs> And it all runs together to me. Did that get released? He was almost dead. I mean, like this whole, those whole final albums, those albums were like, he was almost dead. Like he, he was really approaching the end. And I say that kind of chuckling, but I mean, it really is like kind of, it's, it's that you, you remember, okay. When Bowie died, his album that came out, you know, it was an album that as you listen to it and, and you consider it, you realize this is a man that knew he was on his way out. Um, a lot of this feels that same way. They all these songs feel very autobiographical. They feel very much like some in some instances a tribute to the people that he loved and knew. They, you know, it's just uh it, it's it runs the gamut of of like kind of that American music kind of thing, you know. So tell me about Corey Taylor. 
Um, well, he's the lead singer of Slipknot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, also the lead singer of Stone Sour. Also major, uh, like, Van Halen, Kiss fan, loves right. 80s music. Of course he does. Um, and, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm not, like, the biggest Slipknot fan. Not surprised. In terms of, in terms of like, where it's, like, I follow them, know everything about them, can tell you everything about them, um... But this was a song that, like, it came up a few years ago in, like, my YouTube recommended. The algorithm hit me. And I'm a sucker for a live performance. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, the caption of this, it was the – or the title was um, Corey Taylor Snuff Acoustic. And then in parentheses, it said Best Live Performance. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm always going to watch a live performance. And when I watched this, like, I was blown away. Like – and it's just so good. That's that's all I could say right now. <laughs> all right. Well, here it is. This is Corey Taylor, Snuff, the acoustic version, live. I'm going to play you a very heavy song for me. It's, uh, it's, just, it's just hard to get through. So I'm obviously going to need all the help I can get on this. Are you ready? Tell me, let me tell you what bothers me about this song, other, oh God. other than the lyrics that are just like really, really sad. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the topic. I understand. I know, I know, Kristen. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting to hear someone say, uh, <laughs> to say, I don't deserve to have you. My smile was taken long ago. Um, my heart is just too dark to care. I don't like that everyone seems to be just taking so much pleasure in this man's pain. Just singing along with him. I mean, you said you did earlier with Rob Thomas's pain. I know, I know, but I also felt kind of bad for that. <laughs> no, here's the difference. The difference is I wasn't sitting there listening to Rob Thomas tell the story and then sing the song to me. I, 
I didn't have Rob Thomas saying, now look, this is a heavy one for me. You know, um, this, I, I was just like, I don't really know who Rob Thomas is. And, and this could just be a fictional story for all I know. So this is cold. But here, this dude's like, hey, guys, this is heavy. Need you to help me out. And I know that's part of like, hey, sing along. Because everyone loves the song and knows it, apparently. But man. I mean, again, another like true story so far like my all my picks are like three for three on like this is a true thing that actually happened that the people uh-huh. wrote it. yeah yeah um but like again this song is also like a little bit mysterious because some people like Corey taylor has said that like he's like i don't want to name names but um essentially this song was written about somebody that i had a lot of strong feelings for that really helped me out at a time in my life that i needed help mm. and she did not feel the same way I felt. He says, I only wish you weren't my friend. Yeah. And then I could hurt you in the end. Yeah. I love, like, I love that. And when he sings it live, like, it's like a growl. Now, obviously, like, Corey Taylor is no, like, in Slipknot, he screams and all that sort right. of stuff. But when he sings it and it's just that acoustic guitar, it's just, like, another level of, like, raw and, like, feel that I think it brings to it. Mm-hmm. And then also a lot of people associate it with, um, and I'm so sorry because there are so many members of Slipknot. I do not remember the one's name that died, but there was a mm. member of Slipknot that passed away. And a lot of people associate it with like, it's now taken on this meaning of it's about him because I'm 95% sure it was because of drug overdose. So a lot of people have started to equate it to that. So people are like, it's a heavy song because it can kind of carry these two meanings to him. And it obviously means a lot when he sings. Um, and there's like a point where at the end he like holds this, like, you know, this high screaming note and like the entire crowd is there with him, like singing it. And it almost reminds me of, um, the version of life on Mars from the reality tour that Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about on rocket lab, where it's just David Bowie and a piano. And he says like, you know, I need you to help me out because this is a hard one to sing. And, and, you know, my voice is, you know, my voice is hurting a little bit tonight. And the whole crowd, like at those points that like, he just needs to be lifted up. The crowd is right there to support him. So like, I'm a sucker for that. So thank you, YouTube algorithm for recommending this video to me, you know, however many years ago, because it is an incredible live performance and I do get goosebumps when I hear it. And like, it's just that raw emotion that, you know, it just, it cuts you to the core and it's, I love it. <laughs> John Custer to the rescue, their bass player apparently was the one who passed and he's the one that told him they had to put the song on the album. Yes. Thank you so much, John. That is right. So wait a minute. By the way, hold on. Good Lord. My wife has made her own list while listening. Oh boy. <laughs> now I don't know how many of these would have any place on Rock Out Loud because my wife is a country fan. Oh, geez. And she's not even a redneck, Kristen. She's like, like, honestly, I was so shocked to find out that she loved this country music because she does not give off that country music fan vibe at all. Uh, you Were Mine by the Dixie Chicks. Bye Bye by Jody Messina. Um, you'll think of me, Keith Urban. Now you'll think of me as a good song. I'm just going to tell you straight up. I'm I'm over three right now. Right. Well, the only one I've known really so far is that you'll think of me. But I'm telling you that might that's a that's a good honorable mention right there. Stupid boy by Keith Urban. No idea. Oh, Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert. 
Um, Watching Airplanes by Gary Allen. Consider Me Gone, Oh Reba McIntyre. Picture to Burn by Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay. Uh, Need You Now by Lady Annabellum. Now they're Lady A. Let's let's not make anyone upset. Oh, yes. A uh, yes. little bit stronger, Sarah Evans, What Hurts the Most, Rascal Flats. Now that's a good one. I'll, I'll give the Rascal Flats a little bit every now and again. <laughs> and uh, Don't Think I Don't Think About It by Darius Rucker. So... So there you go. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that we inspired that this depressing list inspired a list of depressing songs. Yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Just a totally different genre. We'd love to see it. Well, that's what she asked me before we were recording. She's like, "Now, do y'all ever do any country songs or anything on there?" I said, "It's rock out loud." <laughs> it's it's it's. Here, my knowledge of country is this. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I, I hope you guys have time to sit down and like you yeah. know really listen because we're gonna we're gonna just divert here. Uh, Shania Twain. All right. And that's it. There you go. Also, that one Johnny Cash song I played in this episode. Well, yeah, I can name you songs by them. Like, I could tell you Garth Brooks is a country singer. That's right. I could not tell you one Garth Brooks song. He sold millions of records, and I could not do that. Well, Garth Brooks did the country version of I Saw Red when he sang Friends in Low Places. (laughs) Oh, is that Garth Brooks? Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's so neat I to be mean, on. Wait a minute. I said, I said it. I, Hold on. It's so neat. To, it's so neat to be on this side of it. It's. <laughs> I mean, it had to happen. We've been podcasting for five hundred years. Indeed, indeed, once. indeed. So, by the way, Corey Taylor snuff. Wow, that's a. That is a tough one. And uh, I think this is another song we've put on here before on the show. We've talked about it on the show before, but it's worth playing again it is uh man it is the despair of someone who just misses someone else it's velvet revolver fall to pieces right here on rock out loud I mean, on top of, you know, Scott not being with us anymore, um, this song is just like, like it rocks, it jams, you know, the guitar of Slash and everything. But man, like when, when someone says, it's been a long year since you've been gone and I'm still thinking about you, mm, uh-huh. like that's some, that's some junk right there. And he's still falling. <laughs> yeah. Still falling apart. Still falling to pieces. Yes. Yeah. This song is so good. 
like it's criminal how good this song is to be honest you know like, I, and like i say we've talked about it before it is a great song and and like his vocals really shine on this and I remember the first time hearing it back in the early 2000s and that guitar kicked in and I realized it was Slash and I'm like... Immediately! Yeah, I was like, musicians can have a life after they break up with their big band. And, um, you know, and and that just kind of sent me down a rabbit hole with Velvet Revolver at the time. Now, I'm not... I don't celebrate their whole catalog. I'm not as familiar as I should be, I guess, with them. (laughs) But man, this... And they had a couple of other songs that I really dig. And even some... They even have some superhero connections with a couple of their songs. So... Mm -hmm. um, but fall to pieces. I mean, like, look, if you don't feel, um, if you don't feel things like I keep a journal of memories, I'm feeling lonely, I can't breathe. Like, if you've not been in that place of just, you know, just sadness and, you know, heart sickness, if you will, man. Yep. Will the you, memories if you die? If, I'm if, waiting. Yes. Will I find you? Can I find you? We're falling down. If oh. you if you haven't felt that way in your life, that kind of crushing despair, then you haven't lived. Uh, so. <laughs> and it takes a song like this to just like highlight it and make you feel just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, because you know you're not alone. Yes. You know, you know that there are people who and I think that's what makes songs like this so popular and so powerful is because they are relatable not everybody can relate i mean look obviously don't want nothing but a good time i just grabbed that one out of the air here but you know like okay there are some people who don't want to have a good time there's some people who like to be serious and have their responsibilities and get things done you know and so not it but i think everyone can relate to just the visceral emotion of hurt and pain and heartbreak and heartache and and when you realize you're not alone in that especially when they say things like this you know like like that that person who's been made to feel bad because they've been pining for that person for the past year. Yeah, it's not healthy. It's not good. You know, but you can't just call someone to snap out of it either. Yeah. You know. People are going to like they're it's like grief, right? Like it's like you do grieve when a relationship ends. Like you're going to grieve however you like understand and know how to do that. So right. some people it's a year. <laughs> right. Some people it's more. <laughs> some yeah, unfortunately for some. Some people it never ends. That's right. I sent you the lyrics to "What Hurts the Most" by Rascal Flatts. We're not gonna, I did. I see that. We're not going to play the song, but um, <laughs> but like just the chorus of "What Hurts the Most" was being so close and having so much to say and watching you walk away. Mm. Yeah. So. And there I, you go. And you know what? See, it's a fun rock out loud, everybody. Yeah, you know what bothers me most about that Rascal Flat song has nothing to do with the song or the group. It's that the first time I heard it, I was at I was listening to um, a band of some guys. Some guys I knew were in a little band, and they asked me to come hear them play at this place. And so I was sitting there, you know, and they and they were just doing a bunch of cover songs. They had a couple of originals, but this was one that they did. But they they weren't a country group they did more rock and roll and so the dude was like just wailing rock vocals with this song and it worked so well and i remember a few i guess it'd been months or or maybe a year or so later i was trying to find that version i'm like what is this version of this song and then i and then it hit me i'm like it's never been recorded it was that but it was so good and like you know honestly rascal flats there that song is great but it does not live up to what i heard that night on that stage and that little that little bar and grill in South Georgia, so. Isn't um, that the worst? Yeah, yeah. It really, mm. I mean, sure, I'm sure there's worse than that, but yeah, in, in this event, yeah, it's the worst. 
Um, <laughs> At this time, on this night, it's the worst. <laughs> That's right. Because I might would have played that song by that little group. Um, <laughs> uh, Avenge Sevenfold. We've had them on the show a couple of times. Not had them, but we've 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 focused on them on the show a couple of times. A couple of their songs here and there over we have. the over the years. Uh, this, I'm obsessed. This is a nine-minute song, Kristen. So my question, I guess, would be, where do I need to actually get into this song? Oh, you could do it at the beginning. There's going to be like a powerful guitar intro, and then they get right into it. The end is where it, it's just instrumental. Okay. Amazing instrumental. Right, right. But, uh, okay, here we go then. This is I Won't See You Tonight, part one. I mean, this is Avenged Sevenfold for sure. Oh, I, okay, like, <laughs> me and Andrea were driving around um, the other weekend, and we were listening to Avenged Sevenfold, and <laughs> I was 
like, yo, what is like the most underrated event sevenfold song? And she's like, I won't see tonight part one. And I was like, exactly. I won't see tonight part one. Like it's off the album Waking the Fallen, which is probably one of the most like, I don't know, like, you know, underground records in terms of like mainstream. Like, I mean, people my age that were into Avenged Sevenfold know it because it was like their first full length. But like this song, and this is just part one, people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just like, it's so depressing and it's so great. (laughs) Those guitars are like disgusting and there's one point where his he just has like this really like high because he's he's not known for being like this crazy like high register singer but like he hits these high notes in his range where he's just belting it out mm-hmm. and it's just so dang good and they need to play it live more this is my petition this song needs to be played live more it needs to be appreciated more and as soon as I mean I texted Andrea and I said yo we're doing a um we're doing a depressing songs slash anti love songs podcast tonight. I was like, so you know I have to do I Won't See Tonight Part One. And she was like, Absolutely you have to do I Won't See Tonight Part One. <laughs> I mean, listen to this. Sorrows sank deep inside my blood. And all the ones around me I cared for and loved. Like it it not not only did it get him, it was contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, here's my thing. Like, and listeners, if there are people in our chat, I know there's people in the chat right now, but if there are people in the chat that dislike Avenged Sevenfold, can you please tell me why? And that's not, like, that that sounded aggressive. But I'm genuinely curious because Avenged Sevenfold is a very polarizing band. People either are super into them or cannot stand them. And I don't know why it's, like, such venom on like the I can't stand them side Mm. and I would like insight into that for someone that doesn't like them because to me in terms of like a modern rock band they are like the total package of everything that I would want in like a traditional rock band the guitar sound is some of the best guitar sound that like my favorite like tones I'm obsessed with their guitars like drums everything is just there for me I mean, Andrea says we went to go see a free event sevenfold show, and she says to this day that her soul left her body, and she had an out of body experience while watching <laughs> oh Event Sevenfold. God. And no, we do not do drugs. <laughs> so, like, I just I want that opinion. So, and if anyone's listening to this afterwards and would like to write us an email, can you please explain to me why you do not like Event Sevenfold? I'm genuinely curious. Do you think that it may have a little something to do with? Like, uh, they're not really radio rock, but they are kind of radio rock. Yeah, but here's my thing. Like, I feel I see way more hate for Avenged Sevenfold than I see for bands like Five Finger Death Punch. Right. That, like, I would super consider radio rock. Yeah. So, who, like... Who gets, more, who gets more hate, Avenged Sevenfold or Nickelback? Well, I feel like Nickelback, but I feel like also Nickelback, it's, like, popular... Like every like yeah, it's become cool say, to hate Nickelback. Yeah, like if you say you like Nickelback, people are gonna kind of like crap all over you. Mm-hmm. If you say you like Avenged Sevenfold, people aren't gonna do that to you. But what if you like say you like what if you say you like Creed? Well, Steve, I think we know how that works. <laughs> I think one person on this podcast named Steve Glosson. Well, if has we hit been on the receiving end of how people feel about Creed. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you hit a certain monetary goal in a marathon, you have to change your Twitter to that. So. <laughs> I mean, hey, you hit the goal. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Learn my lesson. But yeah, like I'm genuinely curious because, and this has been forever, Steve. Like this is since I got into Avenge Sevenfold, there were people that were like, they're sellouts, they're awful. And just like all this, like I said, just this venom and this like vitriol against Avenge Sevenfold. And I just want, I'm genuinely curious as to why, because I feel like they have all these classic elements of these metal bands that people love. They have the dueling guitars, like an Iron Maiden. They have like that gravelly lead singer vocal, like Metallica. They have these epic songs. I mean, this song alone is nine minutes long. I think City of Evil, I don't. I don't think there's a song under four minutes on that record. And mm -hmm. I think that's the single like So they're a little proggy. Like I just, I just, I want to be enlightened. So please, I'm begging you. If you are listening to this and you hate Avenged Sevenfold, please write in and tell me why. I want to hear your side. <clears throat> All right. I'm please, please, please write in. Um, the Goliverse, Daniel Andy says the Goliverse is made up of the only surviving Creed fans. So like 16 people. I mean, I wouldn't say made up of. I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not one of those 16 people. I understand. Uh, Tenton <laughs> says Avenge Sevenfold is underplayed in my opinion, but that leads to conspiracy theories. Why for me? Tenton, email us. Let us know. Rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Rock I saw Outla. someone, I think Shaz said that he has, like, one Avenged Sevenfold song on his playlist, which is Backcountry, like, and that's, like, a major song. Like, that's one of the songs that got me into Avenged Sevenfold. Because mm -hmm. the first record, there's a lot of screaming, which I don't personally, I don't love screaming for the most part. And his screaming, it, it's, like, not for me. Right. Um, like, I really like how he kind of transitioned to more, like, singing and then pushing to that upper register like where it's bordering on screaming that I like hmm. so like once City of Evil came out like that was it for me like I was like oh this band's incredible and to be honest I don't think they've put out a bad record since I mean honestly since Waking the Fallen I think they're all great okay. and for me that's rare so yeah please enlighten me if you're listening enlighten me and I promise I, I won't go Jersey on you like, I um, like, how could you not? Because I'm genuinely, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I my my last pick tonight, moving on here, um, is uh, a band from the early 2000s. Um, they are, or in the late 90s, early 2000s. They're definitely um, from that 90s, that late 90s era for sure, that you either loved or you hated or sometimes you found little things in the midst of like. And um, th this, honestly, well, we'll talk about it, but this is uh, Mr. Golden Deal by Tonic, and we're going to have to go to the hook on this, so everyone bear with it. Swallow your pride Make way for the new bride Holding your tongue 
Then they call another winner And oh there is more To this life Hey Mr. Golden Deal Tell me how does she feel She's like the wind That boy couldn't sail He says I've washed these decks for years I've carried those bills And though there is more To this life Hey Mr. Golden Deal Tell me how does she So, I don't know why I bought this album back in the day. <laughs> I mean, like, really, I don't. I I don't know. Maybe it was that. Uh, this is off of Lemon Parade, and I think that this was the one that had. Um, what was their big? Their for open up your eye. No, if you could only see the way she loves me. Blah yes. blah blah. Yeah. Um, and so I think I got this for that song because it had that song on it. And and I th- honestly, I think I was trying to be sharp to be honest with you, when I bought it. Like, this one, I'm in touch with my feelings when I listen to Tonic. Um, but this song, Mr. Golden Deal, became, from 1998 to about 2001. Um, and a little bit beyond. Mr. Golden Deal was, was my sad song. Because... Oh. Because this is the song, like this whole thing is about you have to watch someone else have everything that you think you want. Ah, you know, you're you're Mr. Golden Deal. You've got the Golden Deal. How does she feel? You know, um, and then there's like a whole there's a whole kind of seafaring thing that goes with it. You know, and um, and and he gets in this whole boat thing, you know, and and the captain's kind of laughing at the men because like you can't control the sea, you know. She's gonna do what she pleases, you know. And you're like, oh, so I'm out here stuck swabbing the deck, and Mister Goldendale's in there doing this, you know. And that's kind of the thing. It's like here I am out on the sea, getting tossed every which way, you know, with nothing, with no one, and what I think I want, someone else apparently has. Like it is, it is a song of the of the sin of covetousness, but basically, but. Um, but like you, you know, it's one of those things that you feel it's kind of an emo, not emo is the wrong word, but you know, emo before emo, Jesse's girl. Yeah. You know, exactly. it, it really, really is, but there's no, there's no resolution. It's just the constant question of how does, how does this feel? How does she feel? Mr. Golden? Hey, Hey, how does she feel? You know? And it's that, it's that repeated, repeated questions. 
Like, I could definitely see this song being played on an episode of Smallville. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Like, it has that vibe yeah, it, 100%. About five years too early, this song came out. So. Yeah. But it's also one of those, like, you know, it, it never made the radio. It was not a radio hit by any stretch of the imagination. And, I mean, Tonic had, what, two or three hits, you know? Um, I think the biggest being, if you could only see... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I don't know that I could tell you another Tonic song. Um, There's one off the other album, I think, that you would know. Because they only had like two or three albums. Um, And let me see. Uh, You Wanted More. Oh, that was an American Pie. Yeah, okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I saw that movie once when it first came out. And I'm like, all right, I get it. I've seen it enough. I saw it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everybody. When yeah, does, not, when, not really my bag either. <laughs> when, when does Star Wars come out? Because um, <laughs> that was that summer. Yeah, but yeah, you wanted more. You wanted more. Um, so yeah, but the, yeah, these this is definitely a Smallville songs kind of group. Because as you go through, but a lot of their songs, and I've got I've got the two albums, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. Who, who am I? What? Who am I trying to impress? Um, but uh, but yeah, and a lot of their songs kind of have that same kind of feel to it, you know, like we've been talking about tonight. But that song, man, Mr. Golden Deal, it was just like there was something about that song that I absolutely, you know, it, it was my song for the longest time. So, yeah. I've liked this show tonight, Steve. I mean, we're not done yet, but I've, th no. this has been like, this has been so so fun for me well <laughs> i love talking about misery and sadness this has been a blast i, do. I dwell there it's great <laughs> i dwell there <laughs> whatever world traveler scotland i'm at, having a blast in scotland having oh no i just brought it up yes <laughs> I'll give you. Can I just say I was talking to our friend in Scotland the other day because somebody posted this beautiful picture of this cave, and I was like, "Have you ever been there?" And he was like, "No." And he was explaining it to. And he was like, "No, because of the weather, whatever." And um, I was like, "Oh, so I'll just have to end, add this to the endless list of places that we want to go when we are finally allowed back in your beautiful country." <laughs> oh, I miss it. <laughs> Bless your heart. I mean, we rebooked everything for July. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but we're rebooked. Fingers mm. crossed. Thinking Fingers positive. crossed. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, we're going to end honestly with a jam. Yes. Uh, and are. and it's a great it's a great brokenhearted song. It's a great uh, it's a great uh, breakup song, and it's a great band. Yes. Um, it is it is Aerosmith, and this is what it takes.
I had to get to the F-I-N-E fine part. Oh, so sassy. <laughs> I mean, look, Steve Tyler is one of the last great um, sassy singers. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yes. As far as just like, I mean, like he's, he is in the vein of a Mick Jagger type performer and everything. And um, gosh. He's like the American version of, yes. um, of that. It, you know what? It blows my mind because just we we've never done an Aerosmith show and we probably should at some point so that we've we, done half an Aerosmith show. Have we? <laughs> yeah. Remember because uh, Bruce Springsteen's debut and that's Aerosmith's right. Debut that's right. We did those. Day. That's right. We did those. But I'm, I'm just thinking like their career is so just intriguing to kind of like they were super hot. Then they were, you know, gone for all intents and purposes. And got yeah. and got brought back by Run DMC and like had new life, you know, in the late eighties into the nineties. Yeah, um, there's all the different Aerosmith eras. It's yes. like, are you a seventies Aerosmith fan? Eighties yes. Aerosmith fan, nineties, two thousands? Yes. And so I just um I but this song, man, I'm telling you what, if, if this don't I honestly this one doesn't make me sad to hear. You know, no. I don't I don't live in the misery of this song. What I live in is just this puts me in either a big blue Chevy Silverado mm -hmm. or a or a maroon Ford Ranger driving the back streets of South Georgia, the dirt roads, and just belting thing belting this thing out at night, even though, you know, it was at that point a four or five year old song. <laughs> I mean, it's what? Like a 30 year old song at this point and it still jams it's yeah. still incredible see steve that puts you there this puts me driving to work my on my hour-long commute um dur like way way early in the morning when i would have to do inventory like going mm. in you know four in the morning yep. and just screaming this song at the top of my <laughs> lungs after i had been you know scorn or you know somewhere it's just like oh my god i just like feel these lyrics and it just like takes you over yep. like love it and also like can we just appreciate the um freaking bridge with the whole like tell me that your body doesn't miss my touch tell me that my loving didn't mean that much tell me you ain't dying oh, sorry here you go i'm sorry that just <laughs> that jumped up on me real quick didn't mean for that to happen it can't be silent <laughs> just uh yeah wow that blew my ears out there i didn't mean to do that I mean, the power of Alice Smith compels you. Yeah. Well, I was I was looking at the timestamp. I'm like, we're right there near where that bridge is. I'll play it. I'll <laughs> I'll play it. And my plan was I'll play it under her while she's reading it. Nope. Let me just blow everybody's ear out here. And you know, look, it's it's um you know crying. He does it. Um, crazy he does it but in, in this song he does a little bit it's steve tyler's voice during this period during this era epic was oh definitely so epic yeah yeah also can i say i have not done karaoke many times in my life but when i did do karaoke one time when i did do karaoke i sang this song i don't do karaoke very often but when i do i sing tell me what it takes to let you go i sing what it takes by Aerosmith. <laughs> 
I was in England. I was in a town called Bournemouth, and it was great. <laughs> mm. Let's see what what have we got here? Um, girl, before I met you, I was F I N E fine. Shaz says that's when I saw them live. When did you see them live, Shaz? I don't know if the 80s, chat's 90s, yeah. I don't know if the chat's cutting some things off or what, but yeah, that's man. Um, the best pump. John Phillips says pump is the best Aerosmith album since Toys in the Attic. Pump is a great 19... album. I mean, I'm like I'm unpopular because I do love '80s Aerosmith. We talked about Crazy on this podcast before. It's one of my favorite songs of life of all time. Crazy's a great song. Oh, it's so good. I mean, but what it takes is also way up there too. Incredible song. Um, the Shaz was there in '94. Aerosmith with Collective Soul. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John said he saw Aerosmith with Kiss. Wow. Yeah, that was like um that was one of those major tours when bands were starting to finally like be like, "Oh, let's take another huge band out on the road." Mm. I did not go to that. I've never seen Aerosmith live. Yeah. Mark says Crazy was 90s. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 But I so said that's why I'm unpopular because a lot of people really, you know, crap on 90s Aerosmith. You know, the only thing about 90s Aerosmith I don't like is that Armageddon song because it was overplayed. It was, it is just played out. But it is so good. I don't have, listen, the only thing I have against it is I could go without hearing it the rest of my life. Oh, well, yeah. Because I heard it so much during that time. That's their only number one song. Uh, that You know what? Facts like that don't surprise me anymore. I know, isn't it, it disgusting? It does. It is it is absolutely when you consider songs like Sweet Emotion and even like Love in an Elevator, though it's not appropriate for younger years, you know, you, when oh, you, but it's so good. When you when you consider things like that and that's like that's their number one song, yep. you know, come on. Um gosh, what else we got? Walk This Way, Toys in the Attic, um Janie's got a gun. You know, I'm just going. I'm going through the big hits. Dude looks like a lady. Ragdoll. Ragdoll. Yeah. When you go through those, are you telling me that those weren't number one hits? Come on, Dream On should have been a number one hit. That's right. I know so. it's crazy. Like I like as a music geek, I live for those stats. It's like Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen's never had a number one hit. The Asterix is "Blinded by the Light" was a Which, number one yeah. song. But it was with Manfred Mann. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not Bruce's version. Uh, crying didn't reach number one. I can't believe Crying didn't reach number one. I know. Well, and that's the thing, too. You have to remember, like, on the Billboard chart. Not, like, the Billboard rock chart. Right, like, right. Like, the Billboard chart. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyhow. All right. Well, listen, we've got to wrap it up. But before we do... Oh yes. What were you, what did you want to bring up? I wanted to bring up something that'll make us all happy because we didn't get it we haven't talked about it on the show, and that is leopardvault.com. Oh so good. <laughs> can't, I can't recommend more. This is um this is a Def Leopard basic um, like it's it's an online museum and merch store. Mm -hmm. Um this is uh th this is a this is they have they have a photo album. They have um, different uh, different pictures of like road used gear and that sort of stuff. Um, 
They've, there's they videos. They have all different collections. Like, yes, they, yes. They put out like a different collection every couple weeks. So like a few weeks ago was the Steve Clark collection. So it's all this amazing Steve Clark memorabilia. And today, February 9th, 2021, um, they released like a track by track, like synopsis of Pyromania. And I went through all of it today and like I cried. And here's the thing, like, that's incredible. Like, they talk about songs that they never talk about. Like, we get to hear them talk about, like, the making of Die Hard the Hunter and Action Not Words and Coming Under Fire. Oh, it's so good. I love them so much. Like, <laughs> COVID needs to end so Jeff Leppard can tour because they keep talking. They're like, yeah, we loved playing Billy's Got a Gun and Die Hard the Hunter and these songs when we were in Vegas. I'm like, yeah, can we please play them on a tour so your girl can see them and die? Well, it's it's and it's free. It's free to join the Leopard Vault, guys. That's what that's what I was surprised by. Is like you're like it's free, just sign up. And so tonight, before we got started, I signed up and kind of perused some of the pictures and everything. And I'm I'm at the Pyromania track by track page right now, and uh, you know that's going to be fun to go through later. Um, you've got like I say, you've got these these photo these photo collections and everything. Um, merch. <laughs> there is merch there, of course. There is merch there. Um, but they they've got uh, there's a there's a a listing of like their different concert T-shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can just kind of see them and see what was going on. What is this about? Um, don't ask. Not yet. Let me find what is that in like the merch or is that like one of the collections? That's one of the collections. It says history's mystery. While we were deep in recording the sessions for what would become hysteria. As it slowly snelled along, people would say, when is your record not done yet? The album took so long to make, everyone kept hounding us. We got the same question over and over, when? And we would say, don't ask, not yet, we don't know. (laughs) These word shirts appeared, and there were only a few of them made. Very rare to find one these days. They were just for us, friends of the band and such. We would wear them around, and people asked, we'd just point the shirts. It was our united front as a band, and there you have it, the real story. And yeah, they we you can see they've got actually even the, the... the mock-up for the to print those shirts off and it says and they're like don't ask in the deaf leopard font on a black shirt there's one that says not yet there's one that says yes and um and so and then they've got some other stuff so yeah and you can pre-order and buy those shirts now too like that's what i think is really cool because like every new collection that comes out they do offer like merch that's tied to it Mm -hmm. and i mean it like you know it's a t-shirt so is it going to be a little bit more pricey than like a t-shirt would normally be yeah but you know if you're a fan of the band like i was telling steve beforehand i was like i may or may not have purchased a um mock-up of the hysteria tour rope Mm -hmm. (laughs) well like i can't wait for that robe to arrive i'm Well, like the don't the don't ask shirts and those things, they're limited edition shirts and they are pretty expensive. They're sixty five dollars for a t shirt, mm-hmm. you know. But then and they've like got those shirts, yeah, like that. And then you have like other shirts. You've that got your like, standard you know, five bucks. Yeah, you've got your standard logo shirts and the Union Jack, you know, logo and and a couple other little pieces of merch that are about what you'd expect to pay, like even at a concert or something. So, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, and what I think is awesome, like Steve, I was telling you this before too. Like 
they have said that when they get back on the road again, when they're able to get back on the road again, they want to take this leopard vault out as like a traveling museum from city to city because Aerosmith does something like that. Um, so I think for Def Leppard fans, like that would be so insanely cool because previously they had done something like this on a much smaller scale mm -hmm. when they did the Vegas residencies. But because there's such a small number of people that, you know, can afford to travel out to Vegas or, you know, afford to go to those shows or even just, you know, pay for the experience to be able to do that. I think that'll be super, super cool that they'll do that when they're able to tour again. And, you know, I'm going to be there with bells and whistles on, like just sobbing, being so close to like the original Union Jack shirt. <laughs> right. Well, you know, the... um. The, that that it's like when they did that with Star Wars uh, memorabilia back uh, in the ninety nine two thousand, they literally took like the Star Wars props and costumes and models that had been filmed, you know, that were on you know on screen things, and made a museum exhibit out of it and toured it around the U S. to all these museums, and it was one of, you know, you were dealing with I guess Episode One had just come out, and so. You know, you're, I, I got to go to, the, I was in Minneapolis at the time in Minnesota, and I got to go to the museum there and see this exhibit, and it was amazing, you know? And um, it's like, yeah, tour that mess with you. If you can get a crew to, you know, to get it in and out everywhere you go and and have it there, that's amazing. Yeah. So. And like, like you said, like for fans, like would everybody go to that? No, but for like the true fans of a Def Leppard, of a Star Wars, like whatever the case may be, like, I just think that is such a freaking cool experience yeah, because I will never go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ever because uh, I despise everything that it stands for. <laughs> and I can't wait to rage tomorrow, Steve, when the nominations get announced. Oh, is tomorrow the nominations? Tomorrow at 8. And oh. I'll be listening, of course, so I can just yell at how the Foo Fighters are going to get nominated on the first time they're eligible, even though they've done nothing to influence music. But all right. Um, anyway. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, like, I will never go there to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'll never see that memorabilia, but this is stuff like their actual, like stuff that they care about, have kept throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the Steve Clark collection is absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, again, I was saying to Steve before the show, like I commented on Def Leppard's Instagram and they liked it, even though, you know, they don't run it, but whatever. Um, I said, like, it's so nice to see new footage of Steve because really you only get to see the very limited footage that we've had throughout the years of Steve, mm -hmm. you see the same things kind of over and over again. So to see new pictures, new video, um, things that his girlfriend submitted or his, you know, his ex-girlfriend submitted, um, it was just an amazing thing to see. And I said, you know, it's so nice to see Steve, the person, not Steve, the rock God. Cause mm -hmm. we all know Steve, the rock God, but we don't know Steve, the person, um, so they took like a lot of care for that collection. So like I said, like it's free, sign up, check it out. Um, if you're a Def Leppard fan, you'll think it's super, super cool. And even if you're not a Def Leppard fan, it's free. So just do it. <laughs> and I know you guys didn't realize I'm a rock God, but, uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I am a rock God. Also, by the way, I 
I still think one of these days we need to do a watch through of that awful VH1 Hysteria Def Leppard movie because I watched it like a few months ago and it is so bad and cheesy, but it's such a fun watch. Like we could do like some kind of like, you know, drinking game, you know, with non-alcoholic things, of course, um, that, and you know, have fun with that. That I could be that fun. Be, that could that be a blast. good time. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. All right. Well, um, that is going to wrap it up for us. So check it out. It's leopardvault.com. Leopard is spelled L-E-P-P-A-R-D. Don't spell it like the animal. Um, you can see their dead flatbird t-shirt um, oh. under their artifacts. It's pretty cool. That's my bucket list band. I want to see dead flatbird dead before flatbird. I die. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. And, uh, and then check us out. We're... You can email us like Roth in Wyoming did at rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. Tenton, I'd love to hear your conspiracy theory about Avenge Sevenfold. So yes, rockoutloudpod at gmail.com. And um, if you ever, uh, if you've got something you want to hear us talk about, you've got a, you've got a suggestion for a show, that's the place to drop it. And we will see it and, uh, and see what we can do with it. So uh, let me get us out of here. Do we want to get right in a happy way? So now that now that we've gone through all the sadness and the sorrow, we can rock out a little bit and have a good time. So glad to leave us on a happy note. I know that Kristen's not comfortable out here in the sunshine, but that's where we're going to jam anyway. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us, everyone. If you're in a position and you want to help out the shows, you can head over to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com and use the Amazon links to do your Amazon shopping there. And uh, if you're so inclined and you want to help us out by doing Patreon, it's patreon.com slash geekoutloud. But we appreciate everyone just listening and subscribing and telling your friends about it. And uh, until next time, I'm Steve. I'm Kristen. Rock on, everybody. Rock on, guys. Bye. Nineteen ninety two, driving around with my buddy who just turned sixteen. And jamming Let's out jamming out to Let's Get Rocked. That's how that's how it went back in those days.